Well, hello, friends and neighbors and people far away. Uh, we are back. It's Pastor Cast number 32. <laughs> so we've had two Pastor Casts <clears throat> since we moved to Texas December 1st. Is that right? Uh, I think that's that's fair. Is that one more? Have we maybe only had one? Maybe only one. I don't know. It's been crazy, people. Absolutely crazy. It has been. It's been a crazy ride, but I feel, I feel like... like we're finally... I do. Getting to be new normal. I feel like we're coming up for air. And we've been asking... Have people been asking us, when are we going to do one of these? And we've been saying we're going to do it. And so now... I think we said this last time that we were going to start doing it more regularly. Yep. Now we need to actually do it. So, We do. So here we are. Here we are. And our cat is trying to get in the room because she's an idiot. (laughs) This is is the cat that almost didn't make it to Texas. I know. If it weren't for me... Give me the credit. You do get some I credit. I am the only reason because I shamed you. You did. You shamed me. I said you cannot be the person that leaves the cat on the side of the road. I was going to be that guy. You were almost close. And then yeah. I said you can't leave that kind of example for your kids. I know. And that was the only thing that saved her life. It was. <laughs> this was a cat although, that screamed. Although there are, some, there are some mornings when I'm trying to sleep in. And that dang cat is crawling around and crying because she wants treats. She wants her treats at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Enough about the cat. So um, there's been a lot of things that have been going on in our life uh, since the last Pastor Cast. Mm -hmm. So we moved again. Um, So we're we're in a new house that we have now been in for... What, since February? I don't even know. I don't even know. I told somebody today at church, I said, if you get a new church, you're getting a new wife, because I am not moving yet. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. Well, they may have different ideas. Well, I think think we're doing okay. I mean, (laughs) you know, they haven't run me out of the the town on a rail yet, (laughs) so I think I'm doing all right, so we'll make it. Uh, No, I love it here. Yeah, it's great. I feel so guilty sometimes. I like it so much. I know. I I wake, I mean. It shouldn't be. This is like not even a job. It, it's such a great church. It really is. It's, it's I I, I wake up and I say to myself, I get to do this. I, know. I, I get and to do this every day. I have met so many amazing women who have just gone out of their way to welcome me and their children into our lives. Oh and, yeah. Um, women that are serving as friends, as surrogate moms, surrogate grandmas. I mean, it's just been it's just been an amazing experience. So, it really has been. So I want to talk about. The Death of the Church. We just came out of your sermon series. Yep. Um, and today is Pentecost Sunday that you know, where we celebrate the birth of the church. So I think this would be a perfect time to talk about this subject. Yeah. it's um, So for those of you who haven't been tuning in, and, maybe, and hopefully you have been. Tuning in to the sermons. Yeah. If, you, if you've been, if you're tuning into these podcasts, more than likely you probably have tuned into some of the sermons mm-hmm. and have been following along. Um and so if we're going to YouTube Shepherd of the Hills Presbyterian Church. Yes, SHPC Austin is the channel. Mm-hmm. So SHPC Austin, if you subscribe to that channel on YouTube, you will get all of the videos of or all you the can sermons. Search Leon Bloater on the YouTube, and you can. will find many things that you do, including a link to these weekly sermons from the church. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. So we're we're gonna make sure that uh, that you know you you get an opportunity to interact with those if you so want. So anyway, but the whole sermon series was really about what it means to be the church uh, in an, in this emerging sort of um, culture and why church as we knew it is probably not going to exist in the next twenty years. Absolutely. So I have some thoughts. Okay. 
Um, I was thinking the other day, you know, for a long time, people went to church. So people were Christians because they were afraid of going to hell, right? That worked for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. Right. So then we we became postmodern, and people were not so scared of hell anymore. But there was a certain group of people that still went to church because that was a socially required thing to do. Yes. And now it's not. If you think about it, people don't go to things anymore. You know, people don't feel, they don't go to funerals the way they used to when I was a kid. They don't go to weddings. They don't go to graduations. They don't go to baby showers. There's this, you know, we've lost a sense of community in many, many, many ways. And church is one of those things. Right. So it occurs to me that what has happened is when the social obligation, the social norm of going to church has gone away. Right. We found that we did not have a compelling enough message to cause people to come because they wanted to, right? So when it was no longer necessary to go to church because you had to, um, when it became you want to, we found that people want to do things besides go to church, like sleep in, read the newspaper, go to breakfast, take their kids to soccer. So what that tells me is it's not Jesus who's fallen down the job, and it's not God who's fallen down the job. It's us because we have not made belonging to a church community compelling enough that people feel like it's something they have to do. Yes. And so in the year 2000, there was a book that was written by Robert Putnam, who, if you've never read any Robert Putnam, go get some Robert Putnam books. Um, So he's written several. He's a sociologist, not a Christian. Well, as far as I know, I mean, he may be Christian. But I don't that know. wasn't the point of it. Exactly. But he wrote a book uh, years uh, in the year 2000. So this is 17 years ago. That's like old news now, right? It is. And it was called Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. Mm-hmm. And what he talked about was that all of these volunteer social organizations that used to really dominate like our cultural landscape in the 1950s, mm-hmm. that no one does those anymore. Like everybody, every man was in Rotary. Every right. business person was in Elks, a chamber. Moose Lodge, right. blah, blah, Bowling blah. Bowling leagues. Bowling leagues. Right. And so these were things that people did. Right. Um, parent-teacher organizations, uh, League of Women Voters, Boy Scouts, Red Cross. I mean, everybody was involved in all these volunteer social organizations. And, and, church, you know, and all the church were going to church. Exactly. And the church, honestly, I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, and, I, and I'm not trying to sound like... Uh, you know, right. arrogant. Okay, right. but there, but but there were a lot of people that grew up in a culture where church was a volunteer social organization, just as much as Rotary or Kiwanis. what Kiwanis and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you went, if you went to Kiwanis, you went to Rotary. The reason why you were probably pretty successful there is because you also went to church. Mm-hmm. It was like an expected thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's what you did. Everybody yeah, went to church. Communities. There would be like hierarchy, right? Like certain people in the town would go to the Episcopal Church and certain people on certain side of the tracks would go to the Presbyterian Church and certain people would go. Yeah, but at, the bottom line is on Sunday mornings, people were going to church. When I was a kid, that was, I mean, so think about that one generation ago. When I was a kid, everything was closed on Sundays. Yes. Everything. And the reason they were closed is because people were in church and things were closed and you were supposed to go to church and observe a holy day of rest and relaxation or whatever with your family. But church was part of it. Right. It was the un- when I was growing up, it was the unusual family that was not going to church in my community. Yeah. Now it is the unusual. It is family the unusual that's going to church. Yeah, exactly. The the norms have completely flopped. So, um, but 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 what I'm saying is that 
okay, so Putnam says in 2000, he's already writing about this stuff, and he's being a prophet that, you know, all of these sort of forms of in-person social discourse and, and, and you know, and, and all the things that um, people are doing like face-to-face with other people in community, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's like going away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so I when, when we were at the um, festival of homiletics, they had these incredible dynamic uh, preachings, and you had these prophetic preachers, including um, some people that really spoke some truth about the death of the church. And I'm not like this going to offend somebody. I'm going to say it anyway. We're sitting there with like I don't know, like fifteen hundred to two thousand people. And they're doing this worship thing before these speakers come on, right? Right. So these speakers are like revolutionary, these speakers. They were just, they're just great. Like some of the greatest speakers of our time. Preceded by the most boring, stultified, hideous uh, hymns and liturgy. And I'm looking around and everybody there is like, I don't know, 70% of the people are 50 years or older. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, no wonder the church is dying. And and should it be dead? Like, I feel like sometimes I'm the one saying, hey, maybe it's okay if the church, as we knew it, dies. Because it's it's not working. It's not. I mean, yeah. you, think that, you think that Jacob, who's six, is going to be interested 20 years from now in going somewhere and singing five hymns of some horror, five verses of some horrible hymn? That's not going to work. And we need to say that out loud. I love hymns, I, all of that. But if we don't start talking some truth in our Christian communities, we are going to be left standing there and nobody's going to be standing with us. We've got to figure out a way to make our lives compelling so that we can get the news of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible. Because by and large, what churches are selling right now, people are not interested in buying. Yeah, so let me, let me take it the other direction. Okay, so let me take it the other direction in terms of the, you know, the sort of the other extreme would be the mega church, light show, smoke show, rock concert, you know, every Sunday putting on, you know, the, you know, like what you would go and see if you went and saw like your favorite band play, you know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and, and in big arenas where you know, it's all dark and it's, and it's anonymous in a lot of ways and you right. don't have to interact with anybody around you. Right. Um, you know, there, again, I think that, so, so what you're, you know, what you were talking about was absolutely true. I, I felt the same way that there, the way that, <clears throat> and I don't know what it is, but, um, mainstream or mainline Christianity is in love with the most boring worship services that you could possibly imagine. I went, when I went to seminary, I mean, I would like die a thousand deaths sometimes going to chapel services that right. went on interminably with all these readings and all the, the unbelievably the, self indulgent. I mean, it, it, it's it's, it's see, it is as self indulgent right. in its own right as as all of the other stuff is with the smoke and the mirrors. As far as I'm concerned, well, because there's know. a certain amount of that that's like that to me is self indulgent. That it's like you know, wait a minute, you know, there's got to be some sort of happy medium. And and here's the other thing. Why, why do we always focus on the worship aspect of things? So the worship is going to take on the context of That's its community. Okay. So like your community is going to, whatever's going to happen, the worship service will sort of be shaped by the community within which it's sort of drawn from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in our context, 
right? We've got like kind of this funky sort of, you know, blend of country, bluegrass, cool, you know, and it it like fits. It's like Austin. It's like us. But it should be, it should not be what we're all about. And no. that's what that has happened in so many churches. That, worship hour. When you so today is the birth of the church, right? They weren't sitting there focusing on their their a once a week worship. What were they focusing on? Serving the poor, serving the sick, taking care of each other, living life together. The they Bible told us the Bible tells us that they broke bread together, they shared everything they had. They did not neglect meeting together, but that wasn't their whole sum and substance of their existence as 11 to 12 on Sunday morning. No. It was a whole way of life and community. Well, and look, you know, here I am, my my whole sort of existence uh, as a pastor, like the culmination of my entire week happens on Sundays when I get a chance to speak and to teach in front of everybody. But that, honestly, if we had a, if we had a perfect church, that would be the least important thing we did all week. Well, the most well, important thing we did all week was the things when we lived together and served together. I and I, I would argue that that's where the church is heading. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it should be heading. Yes, so I think that there is there's a benefit to gathering for worship, and I think multiple worship services and yeah, multiple kinds a of worship to preaching, like today, is a perfect example. Yeah. I, 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 I gleaned so much from the scripture today because of your education. Because of what you brought to it, I was exhorted. All the things that are supposed to happen on a preaching happened for me this morning. So I'm not trying to say, honey, that your stuff is not important. No, preaching no. is super, super important. Well, we need it. And you know how I am about the sermon. I'm like with Rob Bell about the lost art, art of the sermon. Right, it's an art. Right. So yeah. I, I'm not trying to downplay the sermon. I'm just trying to say that tomorrow we're having lunch with someone in church. Uh, Wednesday night, we're meeting someone who's a prospective candidate for, you know, a, a staff server. person. Yeah. This is the stuff. These are these relationships. This week, I'll have coffee with people. I'll have, I'll talk to people about things they're suffering. We'll visit people that are sick. Yep. I mean, that to me is what really, that's church in the way that Jesus wanted church to be. Well, and I will say this. I mean, I'm going to brag on my church just a bit, but I, I don't think I've served a church that was this on the ball when it came to taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm astounded sometimes by the way that they, they rally around people. Well, and, and, I, and I think that, that, that it's kind of leading into what you're talking about. Right. The Living idea of life doing together. life together. Exactly. You know, every, there's, the church is really in a community. It's, it's situated in a particular community. A lot of us, our kids go to school together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know... That was something that you know that that I, we longed for. When we chose, for. When, we, when we were called to this church, as opposed to the other churches you were looking at at the time, this church we felt like was a church where we could do life with them, and I think that's yes. what we're responding to. And I think that that is the only thing. That's the only thing that we have going forward as a church, all of us with the capital C, right? Is creating communities of Jesus Christ where we can do life together, where Jesus is the center. And then we're supporting each other in that Jesus message. That's what church is going to have to look like. It's going to have to go away from church is Sunday morning from 11 to 12 right. to church is how we live together every day. Well, the weekend the weekend events um, should be events. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, People I mean, should be like, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss worship because something amazing is going to happen for the purpose of launching them to the rest of their week. Well, and like today, for example, we had... Okay, so we had incredible. we had a crazy day 
where it was uh, it was Pentecost, and uh, our guy. There's a bunch of guys in the church that smoked uh, like 300, 400 pounds of meats. Um, stayed up Which was all amazing. night. They stayed up all night smoking meats. They had a huge dinner on the grounds, and that's not the only you know. Like, but it was funny because Matt, one of the guys that does that every year, mm-hmm. was telling me like, you know, why don't we do that? more you know like not for more often but do it for the community like Amen. go out and, and give out brochures and, and or flyers and say hey come and meet us on sunday right and we're gonna have like a ton of barbecue right and you know because there was like some guy walking his dog last night and he was like what are you guys doing and they're like they're so they sat down you know you right. had a drink with the that's guys awesome. and you know so these are all things that like that's what i'm saying is like that's what the church is going to have to be going forward it's going to have that's to be what the rooted church, in community, but what's interesting rooted is in a space. You say that's what the church is going to be going forward, but we look back 2,000 years in Acts 2, that's what the church was. But we screwed it up. Yes, we did. And, we're good at and we keep doing it because look what's happening. So I, I touched on this a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I didn't go any farther because I didn't want to go down that rabbit trail and mess up the sermon that I was trying to preach. But I talked about how we've gone, we're, we're moving in the direction of these industrial complex churches, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So the Walmart church moves into the area. Right. And, I mean, I, and I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm speaking some truth here. Now, they do things really well. Walmart does stuff really well. Yeah. Okay, they got cheaper prices. They got better mar- merchandising. They've got better distribution. They do everything really well. Right. So they put the mom and pop stores out of business, right? Right, right. Because everybody wants to go there because it's convenient and it's awesome and Shiny. whatever. Shiny and new, right? So... Your mega church decides to open up a satellite location in your neighborhood or your area. And boy, they've got it rolled out. They got it rolled Perfect out. production. Great marketing, resources, production, the whole nine yards, youth ministry, children's ministry. And then all these little churches that are around it, they cannot compete because they're stuck in a past that they're longing to re- regain and they're never going to regain. Right. And they can't compete. And so they end up closing down. 4,000 churches a year close their doors. Okay, so you tell me, you tell me. Where all this growth that all these megachurches are noting is coming from. I mean, granted, some of it might be coming from seekers, but I guarantee you that a lot of it is coming from people who have given up on their former church, which they think stinks right now which because it doesn't. Because it does. Because it does. It's dying and boring and whatever. Right. And, and so they bail, you know. So what did Walter Brueggemann say? He said, if we think that doing what we've done in the past better is going to create the, the church of the future, we're crazy. So exactly. we can't just say, well, we're going to do everything we've done before better and somehow that's going to make a difference. It's not. People are not, we could, we could have things like they used to be better and better and better, but there are things that they used to be. And it's like uh, smaller churches, the mega church, you know what the mega church does? The mega, mega church looks around and they say, what works? And Great communication works. Mega churches are founded on great communicators. Right. Right? So that tells us right there, people are looking for great communicators. What else yes. do they have? They have great programs. Right. So we know people want things to plug into. They want opportunities. They want to be asked to help. So small church, small church, you know, those people that want to be in community churches, we can learn a lot. Yes. From megachurch. Exactly. We don't, exactly. I mean, we, so I'm not saying megachurch is bad. No, 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 no. no but no. I'm saying yeah. that can be translated. We can say we demand great communication. We demand great programs. We demand great right. opportunities to serve. Exactly. 
But we can't so, just keep doing the things we've done before and think but, that's going to be enough. But see, I think it's going to be like, okay, in a post-denominational world, when the denominations have run their course, which they will at some point, oh, that, they're going to become point, bankrupt. 20 years. It's done. They'll be bankrupt and they won't have any resources left. I mean, I remember this is conversations with people who are invested in the PCUSA, in my denomination, uh-huh. people who are invested, like solid PCUSA people that I went to seminary with uh-huh. um, or who are a little bit older, my, our generation. Uh-huh. And they were speaking into like this next church stuff and they were doing all these seminars and they were, they were basically saying 40 years. In 40 years, the PCUSA won't exist, at least in the way that we understand it. But, so but maybe I'm, it like, should I'm die. like, fine, exactly. fine. But see, the, for my, in my opinion, the local church, okay, the local congregation is going to save the day down the road. As well it should. So the Presbyterian fundamentals of how you govern, yes. the governance of the church, the fact that the pastor and has our, checks and balances, all of that that, make, that we love about the Presbyterian church, education being a, a requirement of our pastors, all of that will stay. Right, but and, the big and good theology. And, and government theology. should die. I'm and, sorry. And, I'm, and good theology. Yeah. So I, you know, it's like, I remember I was, I forgot where I was. We were, I was somewhere and, and one of the guys was, it was a conference and one of the guys was talking about this. Like when your theology is so bad, right, that you have to play the music louder and turn the lights down low and pump up the smoke machine to hide the fact that your theology is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, that you don't include women in your leadership, mm-hmm. that you are absolutely condemning of people with sexual identity issues or the LGBTQ community. I mean, or, you know, all the rest of it. I mean, the list goes down. I mean, all the things that the emerging generations are saying are wrong with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that those things are all being covered up and hidden, I think. Um, and here, you know, so like, here, so I'm plugging my own church. Like, we have a great, I think, theology. Like, our understanding of scripture and the way we wrestle with it and the way we hold on to each other. Um, you know, even though we disagree about some things, which is um, fine, it's okay to disagree. We don't you, disagree about the fundamentals. Of unity Jesus does not mean conformity. That's right. So, Amen. and as long as you hold Jesus at the center of everything, mm-hmm. then you know you're the center holds absolutely. And I know that it's not that the other churches aren't teaching that, and I'm not trying to bash on them for that aspect of it. I'm saying that here's here's where the future is going to lie. We've got to be cognizant of the fact. That, you know, you can't just keep schlepping along doing the same old boring nope. stuff. Nope. If you've got good theology, good polity, good church government, good all that kind of stuff, then why not try to be excellent? Right. Why not have excellent worship services? Why not have excellent children's ministry, communication, all the rest of it? Do all the things, you know, and then also be worrying about the back door. Which I think a lot of those big old churches don't. They don't you know, they're not. There's nobody watching the back door. And see, we, you know, we want to do that. Like, why are you know? Let's think about that. You know, what's what are people really longing for? Right. Community. And what I hear belonging, over and over I mean, the again, they, they want people to journey through life with them. Yes. And I think you know we we forget that we have the best thing in the world to sell, and that is Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you reduce it down to reduce it to that, why are we doing what we're doing? Because, because we have the we greatest have the story in the world. We have the thing that helps you make that. We have the thing that helps you put your feet on the floor in the morning and get up and go. And that is the hope of Jesus Christ. And so, however it is that we need to communicate and connect with people to sell that 
message is what we've got to do. And I'm telling from my life, the, the men and women that I'm experiencing, what sells that message is relationships, real relationships where people are living it out day by day, struggle by struggle, being honest. That's what church looks like to me. Right. That's what the church succeeds it's going to look like in the future. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, there, and this is something, you know, like maybe for another conversation, but, you know, what, I, what, I, what frustrates me a lot when I start having these conversations is that people will say, well, it's a liberal and conservative divide. Uh-uh. Okay, so the conservative churches are growing and the liberal churches are dying. And I'm like, wait a minute, okay? I mean, if you speak in generalities, okay, then probably you could draw those conclusions. But if you're, you know, but see, the, the, the way that that's always calculated has nothing to do with context or where that, you know, because of, of course, you know, if you're in, a, in a, an area that is largely more conservative people, like in the South and rural South, I mean, that's probably true. Um, you know, the more mainline churches might be struggling to try to find a foothold, um, especially in our divided America. But, you know, I think down the road, these emerging generations that are coming out for our kid, the things that are dividing the church today, they don't matter to him, mm-hmm. you know, and his generation. They just don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, what Our oldest one is what Yeah, about. the yeah, oldest one. So, you know, I think that you can get hung up on all those things and all those differences, and it can lead you down a, a, the primrose path to, cool. to destruction if you're, if you're not. And schism and all the rest of it, you know, the div- division of the church. And that's not what Jesus wanted i mean did jesus want all these denominations no that's that's the irony i mean i think what would jesus say about all these denominations they like you guys are idiots yeah there's like a joke that every denomination is formed because somebody got a fight with somebody else right well i mean that that argument is pretty valid i know like we we're gonna we're gonna fight about baptism so we're gonna go form our own thing well you know i'm just saying but i think some of that probably is necessary for the reformation of the church but you know i think but the schism part of it is not, right. you know, the, the, the prophetic voices within the church calling for reform, you know, speaking out, that kind of stuff. But, you know, the schism stuff where people take their toys and leave and go start something else. And, you know, I mean, it's like my professor said, you know, when he was talking about some, you know, when the Presbyterians all divided and one, you know, one group went off and formed their own denomination. It was uh, Andrew Purvis and he's a Scottish guy. And he goes, oh, he says, what do they think that sin's not going to enter into this new thing they've created? Exactly. You know, it's always going to be something. It's right? always going to be something, yeah. And I want a church. I know our church especially, one thing that I hear from our members constantly is how they're so thankful that you and I and our family are so transparent. By which they mean that they are thankful that we are like struggling it out. We're being honest about what we're going through. But the reason that we're doing that is because that's what we value and that's what we believe that Jesus would want. Communication can't happen. Relationship can't happen if you can't be real. Right. Right. And so I look around at our church and I got to say, there's a lot of people that are just willing to be real. And I hope that we're attracting more of those people. And I hope that people that have felt like they couldn't be real now feel like they can because that's the only thing that matters. I mean, the fact that we can struggle through together, always trying to find out what would Jesus have us do in any situation, work, family, whatever, whatever. I hope that that's what we're doing is trying to figure that out because that's all that's going to be valuable to the next generation. This, you know, all this other stuff that we try to create, that's not going to be valuable to them. They just want people to journey with them 
in a way that Christ would have them journey well, back to exactly the way that the church was formed in Acts 2. Okay, so this is a way to kind of wrap all this up and put a bow on it because, you know, just like Robert Putnam in 2000, 17 years before now, was speaking prophetically and saying, this is where we're headed. We're heading towards these, these you know, this society where the communi- where community is just almost non-existent. Right. That, so what's, so in this constantly changing world where everything is sort of two-dimensional and you've, you're like inundated with information, social media, all of the stuff that happens. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. You can shut off your TV, you can shut off everything and you can't escape. Right. Like, you know, like I'm sitting there last night and I'm fully aware, even though I, I was not anywhere near television, I was not anywhere near anything, radio, nothing. You heard about the bombing. I knew what was going on in London with right. all this horrible stabbing. Because right. Right, my phone is, is blowing right. up with all kinds of different yeah. things. And so like, so here's, here's what I'm saying that the church needs to step into and they need to stop being so self-indulgent with their own sort of Ugh. falling in love with their own worship and Ridiculous. their own junk, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we've got to start realizing, okay, wait a minute. We've got to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. We've got to start, you know, because what, what people are craving now in this technologically sort of, you know, founded world is real relationships, real community, real people to do real life with. And that's back to the Acts 2 church. Absolutely. That's what they were doing. They were doing life together. They were sharing meals. They were sharing their wealth, which is another way of saying they were sharing life. Sharing life. And that's what we have to do. Absolutely. Sharing a life grounded on Jesus Christ. And that that is something I I love. And I'm, I'm... you know, there's a book that I've been reading right now, and it's called um, "The Year of Small Things," mm. um, and I'm I'm still thinking about it. It's a it's about uh, the new monastics. Who wrote that? Uh, it is Sarah Arthur and Aaron F. Wassinger, and it's called "The Year of Small Things." And so, if you're interested in like doing life differently and then doing life with other people. Um, so this is kind of informing some things that I've been thinking about in ways that I would love for our church to start doing some of this stuff um, where, you know, we're sharing our lives together as a congregation and kind of moving forward in kind of a new way. This right here, I think, is going to inform the next generations of churchgoers. So if the churches so. that are on the forefront of this kind of movement where they're providing, you know, these opportunities, I think it's going to be a, a whole new world. I hope so. Because we need a new world. I mean, we need a new, there, there needs to be a, a transformation, right? We, need we to have cannot a new world. keep doing things the way we were doing and thinking that just doing them better will be the solution. Because it's not. The no. solution is being real, being connected, and community. That's the solution. Hey, good, okay. po- good podcast, man. Yeah. All right, so we will try our best to be here next week. Yes. And um, one thing that we've been talking about and we're hoping that we'll be able to do is we're also going to start adding some guest podcasters. So some of you listening may be asked to be a guest. Yeah. Say yes. Yep. And then we'll gather here in our office or in our, or our in quiet office. room. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we'll, do some, uh, we'll do some interviewing. Because what I'd love to do is I would love to, to let our listeners hear a little bit about some of the things that some of our church members are doing in our community. Amen. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing some amazing things, and so I want to I want to share some of that. Anyway, so good stuff. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's great to be back. We're putting the band back together, man. We will see you for episode 32. Nope, this is 32. 
This is 32? Yep. All right, 33. Episode 33 will be coming up. All right, have a great week, guys. Bye. Peace. Bye.